Good afternoon. I mean, I'm sorry. It, uh, good morning. I, I'm still stuck in um, old days, but you are listening to Mystery of Parenthood, uh, and I'm grateful that you are. And let's start with our prayer, and we'll get going. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. John Paul II. Pray for us. Holy Family of Nazareth. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, the older I get, the more I forget where I am and what time it is. <laughs> Everything kind of getting scary, but um, <clears throat> but anyway, hopefully, hopefully the rest of the show will will do better than that. I know that um, that recently that um, we hadn't talked about this, but that recently Thaddeus and Dennis and a few had um. Had, and Stephanie, our our station director and in, uh, in, in in Waco, <laughs> in Waco had gone to. Um, I guess it was an EWTN conference. Yeah, EWTN radio conference. I think the nineteenth annual conference. Believe it or not. Wow, that's that's amazing. But but anyway, I the what happened to me was it was a rerun, and I just happened to be, well, you know, about three o'clock in the morning. I did I didn't have work the next day. I, I woke up kind of wide awake and was like, okay. So I turned on the EWTN and as. You just uh, like couldn't sleep. You couldn't go back I to couldn't sleep. go back to sleep, so I turned it back on, thinking I'd find something that would put me back to sleep. Um, and I ran across. And he did, <laughs> folks. No, <laughs> actually, he didn't. I, 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 what's funny is, is that I also was like, I actually spent a whole hour <laughs> in the middle of the night listening to because it's because it was. I think Dennis. Oh, so it was the it was the encore presentation of the open line that night, or yeah, the EWTN live with EWTN live, yeah, Father Mitch. Okay, okay, gotcha. Who again? I'm partial to, but then he had one of my favorite all time, Scott Hahn, as a guest. Yep. And then when I realized that that was who was there, I realized that if I stayed on long enough, I had a high likelihood of seeing either. Thaddeus or Dennis or yeah. Stephanie or somebody I knew. Right. Celebrity yeah, by association. Right. You see and somebody that, you know yeah. on TV. Yeah, little did I know I'd like get a like a giant <laughs> headshot of, of Thaddeus. But but uh, uh so it was it was like oh look for him. Folks. Like, I didn't know <laughs> that this had happened until Trey told me about it yeah, today. But um but anyway, so that kept me up all night. But <laughs> You, you stayed up all night horrified no, by horrified. seeing a huge image of me. But I did on, see the I did TV see screen. I did see the end of it. But but there was um, I, mean, I know you went there and it, and he was talking about his book regarding marriage and first society and and those type of things, and he made he made a comment which which I think it kind of goes with things that have been going on either in my prayer life and um and readings that I've just recently looked at. 
and some things that were going on, and even an article that that, that Thaddeus had sent my way, he makes a comment because he's he's referenced. I haven't got the book yet. I am, and hopefully one day, maybe if if we're so fortunate and blessed as to get Scott Hahn on the show, that would be awesome. Hint, hint. But we'll we'll see. Uh, he, we may be small time, too small time for that. But but um, hey hey, hey, what, hey are you, what are you trying to say there, buddy? <laughs> what are you trying to say? But um, but anyway, I I um. He was talking about when he was working on his PhD and he was at Marquette University and he had a, he had a Jesuit professor who was working on marriage, on a, on a understanding of sacrament of marriage, I think. And the, it just struck me because the way he paints the picture, I'm sure I won't do complete justice, but, but you can imagine, I mean, the older I get, the more things like this happen to me, like I'll in my, my my family will get on me because I do tend to to digress at moments <laughs> as things pop into my head. But he's talking about a professor who's giving this lecture, you know, in the middle of his lecture, and then all of a sudden he almost stop, stops mid-sentence and then nothing, and then he kind of turns and looks out the window and kind of looks like he's daydreaming to a certain extent, and he recounts that his professor then turns and says you know, something along these lines, you know, if every person involved in a Catholic marriage and the sacrament of matrimony lived, attempted to live fully out the grace of their sacrament, we would have a Christian society in a generation. But I digress. And then he goes back, then he goes back to, to talking and he was saying how that he, he had, he was coming into the church, but he had not yet come into the church he knew he wanted to, but he said that that had always stuck with him as it stuck with me. Because when I heard it, I'm like, I mean, think about that statement that if every Catholic person involved in a, in a, in a Catholic marriage attempted with all their heart, soul, and mind to live out the grace of that sacrament, that we would have a Christian society in just one generation. That's, I mean, that's bold. Um, it's one of those things that, you know, it speaks to God's grace and his, and, and the power that he has, but it also speaks to the other side, which is kind of what I was going to talk about today before I thought about that. And before you had mentioned was, was, was the idea that, that any sacrament there is any sacrament that we are a part of, or that we receive, whether it's baptism or, um, confirmation or reconciliation and penance or the Eucharist um, or any of the other ones. Um, Grace is objectively, and that's the beauty of the Catholic Church, is that God doesn't make it depend on his grace. We can objectively know is present for us and available to us in and through those sacraments, regardless of how we feel, regardless of, you know, the holiness of the ministers, regardless of any of that, um, that it's there. But the impact of that grace does depend, in terms of it, the fruit that comes from it, does depend on th- how well dispensed the, the person receiving that grace which would, would, which would include being aware that the grace is being made available, but then 
taking that grace and receiving that grace and allowing it, not like magic, but trusting that God's grace will do what he promises it will do, which is to elevate our nature, not snuff out our nature, not put it down, but actually make it more what it was meant to be. So it would allow us to become the saints that we were created to be. And so there's always two sides to anything. Objectively, we know that if we're living in a sacramental marriage, grace is available. Grace is there. God promises for grace to be there. But like the priest in that class said, if everyone would live out the grace that they receive in that sacrament. So what does that mean? That means like in the day-to-day stuff that goes on, our yeses to what God sends our way, whatever that may be, a sick child, um, traffic on the way to, to, I mean, whatever it may be, as we're fulfilling that, you know, air conditioner going out or, you know, here it's cold as it's been, recently a heater not working, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever would happen that the grace of that sacrament is meant for us to actually take those circumstances and the people we're involved with, our spouse, our children, and the circumstance in which we find ourselves, that that's where we become saints by our yes to those things and our trusting that God will never give us more than we can handle but that he will not only that he we can trust him in that, but that when it looks like we're being stretched, that we can trust that his grace is going to elevate our nature and help us become that. And I think so as a from a from a marriage standpoint and from a parenting standpoint, I thought it was worth talking about the fact that some God has placed in every married couple's hands this sacrament and is wanting to pour out graces and is indeed objectively making graces available to us, but that we have to say yes to those things. And that, that the fruit that comes from that, not, not just merely like, not just the, the children that come from it, but the fruit that could be the impact that the way we handle a situation or how we deal with a child, how we correct them, how we encourage them will bear fruit down the road that will lead others to Christ because we have said yes to the grace that God's given us in that moment and among those people. I don't know if that's getting too uh, broad, but I, but I think it's important for us to recognize that God entrusts to us our sacrament of holy matrimony. Right. And that, and he guarantees us, objectively, meaning it's not because we don't have to feel like it doesn't have to necessarily even be apparent to us, a parent, right? <laughs> that it's there. We have to, in faith, say we know that God's going to give us the grace for whatever we're going through and then respond in that manner. I mean, talk about, um, for, remind remind all of us um put it out there again you've you've been talking about some of the um maybe the less concrete aspects of what it means to live a faithful catholic marriage but what are some of the concrete um objective things that probably the priest had in mind when he said if everyone lived a 
truly faithful, a, a real Catholic marriage, we would have a yeah, so, Christian society. So re- remaining, I mean, at the highest level, remaining faithful. So fidelity. Fidelity to the monogamy. To, to that, you know, a husband and a wife um, doing that through good times and bad and sickness and in health. Right. <laughs> till death do us part. Right. Again, while I think that so there that fidelity permanence permanence um, being open to life mm-hmm. saying yes to yes to that um, everything that the that if the sacrament it it provides the grace to signify that which it's meant to signify so it's meant to signify God Trinity mm-hmm. <laughs> Father Son and Holy Spirit it's meant to be a visible sign of God's inner life. Yeah. It, 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 albeit through fallen nature that we have. So I think people quit, you know, we've, I've done marriage prep for a long time, me and Joseph White. And, and I used to ask him, Joseph White is, is a psychologist, done a, done a lot of work with married couples. And, and I, re, I used to say, I used to ask him cause I was pretty sure it was the case. I said, dude, so let me ask you, are the, would you say that the same things that, cause marriages to break up, you know, to end in divorce are, are the exact same things that cause marriages to be strong. And he said, yes, even, you know, financial difficulties, um, infidelity, all these type of things, depending on how somebody responds to those things. And I think Scott Hahn talks about the fact that forgiveness is at the center of what it means to be, what has God done? God has forgiven us. And so if we're meant to show in a certain way what God has done for us, then why wouldn't he give us the opportunities to need to forgive another or need to ask for somebody else's forgiveness? So so oftentimes, you know, we think of these high flying things, it's just the, Hey, I did something that hurt your feelings, or I did something that broke a trust that I have in you spouse or child or dad or mom in marriage. It would be the spouses. You know, I have failed my wife (laughs) plenty of times and she could have in some of them. And I'm certain that there are some people out there who who unfortunately have had people walk out on them based on things similar to what I've done. And yet she stayed. That's being faithful to the grace of marriage because you have to choose to signify that, which is it signifying God's going to give you the grace to do it. Well, what is it meant to signify unity and diversity, unity of persons, a communion of persons, Right. And so that anytime that that's the case, we are living out the grace of that sacrament when we choose beyond what we feel, beyond what to, to beyond what we would like to do sometimes to do what is the right thing to make sure that it, it that it stays as a good sign of what it's meant to signify and trusting that God will give us the grace to do it or living out the faith. So it's it. that's it. If, if parents, if you're given children, 
you're meant to be the primary educators of those children. So every time that you take them um, aside and correct them, every time that you teach them something about the faith, every time you teach them how to be just and honest and truthful and kind and giving, not only in your words, but in your actions, and call them to that standard, what are you doing? You're living out the grace of the sacrament. Because the church is meant to produce children who are meant to go out and bring forth what the church is meant to represent, which is God's family. And who is God? God is love. God is life. God is truth. God is kind. He's compassionate. All of these things. And so we in real life have to recognize that it's the way we deal with our children. It's the way we deal with our spouse. It's how we teach, how we deal with other people outside of our family. All of those are taking the grace seriously and saying, this is it. To be honest, you know, we talk about the vocations of, you know, I'm going to be an attorney. I'm going to be a banker. I'm going to be, you know, a teacher. I'm going to be whatever that is. And certainly those are important. But newsflash here, <laughs> the vocation to marriage is at the pinnacle. It's, it, everything else is subject to that in terms of profession, <laughs> all that stuff. That, that's not the way I think that most people look at marriage, unfortunately, nowadays. Would you say that? I mean, most people, if, if the job gets in the way or being open to life gets in the way, then, I, then, then you know. I don't think people go into it thinking that consciously. Yeah, until it hurts. But I think that there's a, there's a lack of... Um, openness maybe to the great to grace for various reasons which you can double back on and talk about right. why people maybe get jammed up and don't get all the graces that they need from the from the sacrament um not or don't they don't respond access, they don't respond don't they don't them, live don't they them. don't live yeah. out the grace yeah. yeah um or there's a lack of catechesis there's a lack of understanding what the marriage bond is right um, and then I think man, we, people are, are trying to live, all of us are living marriage in a society that says many, many other things are more important than that. There are many other priorities. Um, being true to yourself is, is arguably put on a higher order of importance than being true to the other. Right. And, and I think that, that that is specifically in this culture today and in the world in which we find ourselves, I think that's what makes it harder because even in Christian circles and even in some Catholic circles, you would hear stuff that I think would be counter to what truly living out the grace. So it's, uh, it's not just people not choosing not to, I'm not going to live this out. It's like you said, they've either not been taught or the example they've been given has not been, has not been as um, solid as it should be. Um, or they just know that everybody else out there says, well, this is okay. You know, I mean, if you think about some of the stuff that goes on now with fidelity is it used to be, you know, the scarlet letter, right? There's all, I mean, there used to be now there's, I mean, it's, 
kind of just part of the deal, it seems like, mm-hmm. in, in this culture, kind of expected. But that takes us, I think, that's a nice point to jump to that article that I sent right, you yeah, yeah, on fa- for a moment on fathers, because here is an article that uh, from November 9th in um, the Daily Wire, and the author uh, titles the article, The World Needs Fathers. And I don't think we need an article to right. to allow us to you know speak on that point where you're, you're very adept at uh, making that point. But what the article is useful for is this some information, some facts. Yeah, there, um, was, there was some facts. The article the the author quoted another journalist. Quote. Consider a joint federal study showing that 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. So youth suicide correlated to fatherlessness, check. Quote, as often as not, mass shooters are simultaneously suicidal. So mass shooting correlated to fatherlessness, check. Quote, Robert Sampson a Harvard sociologist has observed that urban violence is concentrated in neighborhoods with mostly single parent homes. And we know that mostly that single parent is a mother. Right. And the father father is absent. Disappeared. Yeah. A Michigan state university study found 75% of examined adolescent murderers were from fatherless homes. Murder correlated to fatherlessness. Check. Yeah. The Centers for Disease Control says 85% of children with behavioral disorders have only a mother in the home. 85%. Yeah. And even and even in church I don't have the I don't even have the stats but 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 I do know that that there's a correlation between if a father goes to church every Sunday with their kids the likelihood of the children going to church as opposed to just a mom taking that I mean, there, there, there's something. So, this gets back to taking seriously what a sacrament is. Okay, God revealed Himself, and I, and I'm again. Can I go before ahead, you get that, yeah. going? And I want to jump down to a couple paragraphs later. The author of the article said, writes, "Quote: We see men talk about women in derogatory ways. Donald Trump treat women with disrespect. Corey Lewandowski act like whining little boys snatching away a toy." Jim Acosta actually assaulting and harassing women, Harvey Weinstein. So this is this article is calling out both sides of the political aisle. So it's yeah, not about nothing, yeah. This has nothing to do with poli- well one side of the political spectrum or or another. And these are pieces of sociological data. This is not just anecdotal um, complaining about oh the how the world is now. Right, and so as I as I mentioned before, that's why it's important for us to understand why what a sacrament is, and again, if a sacrament is meant to make visible an invisible reality, to 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 put flesh and bone on something that might be hard to understand, and God has revealed Himself as a Trinity, and He revealed Himself as Father, right. He reveals himself as son. 
He reveals himself as the, as John Paul II says, the, the very central aspect of any family, love, Holy Spirit. And then he, family, by establishing his church, run by, in a, in a divine way, the Holy Spirit, but through fallible people, it would make sense that if it's meant to be that way and God has revealed himself as father, that, and again, if he's revealing himself as father and that is meant to be, he's meant to be the standard by which fathers are judged, then we as fathers should be trying to say, well, what is he as a father like? What can we mimic? Obviously, we're not omniscient. We're not all powerful. <laughs> But what is he? What is he like? We're meant to be like him. So first, we have to know wh- what is this relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit like? It's self-giving. It's self-donation of one to the other, right? All too often, if a father's gone, then he's not known as being a self-giver. <laughs> he's he's left for some some unfortunately because we live in a fallen world because of death or something like that. That would be that would be a non choice in some cases. But many of these are, are gone because they have an another woman or I don't, you know, that's what a mom's supposed to do, take care of. I'm gonna go out and do what I do. Um not being somebody known for giving himself. You can see why if that's the sacrament, if that's meant to signify who God is and God has revealed himself as a father and the only experience that a, that a child has of a father is a father who is non-existent at best or maybe abusive at worst, then why would I want to be part of a faith <laughs> that is a God like that? And where we've got that mixed up is that we're meant to signify that God, you think about the fact that God has entrusted to holy matrimony the job of trying to reveal to those who look in and those who are a part of a family to try to reveal who He is. I mean, that's that. You talk about humility. You think about. I mean, I mean, obviously, the greatest humility is when Jesus makes Himself puts us puts Himself in the hands of of we sinners in what looks like bread, but is indeed Him. That's that. I mean. That's ultimate humility, but you talk about God being humble and trusting to somebody like me, you know, <laughs> the role of attempting to try to be a visible sign of who he is to my children and to this world, that's, talk about humility, I mean, he's, he's lowering himself and saying, I want you, Trey, I want you, Thaddeus, I want you, whoever, to be a sign of what a father's love is so that people can come to know me by you, through you. And then standing side by side with the sacrament of matrimony is sacrament of holy orders. And you want to talk about spiritual fatherhood and, and showing what a father is supposed to be. And when that's violated and when that fidelity to that sacrament and those vows are not kept how devastating that can be to someone's uh, faith. Absolutely. Yeah. So the and the and then we're living in a society right now where the data 
on those two, the living out of those two sacraments is not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not. And, and, and I think that that's what the guy was, what the priest was getting at was it wouldn't take, what's there's a quote from either C.S. Lewis or, or it's, and I probably will not do it justice. You know, it's, it's not that Christianity has been tried and failed. Yeah. I think it's, I think <laughs> it, it's Chesterton. Maybe Chesterton. It's that it has not been tried. <laughs> um, at all. And I think that that we have to, when we hear that, have to say, well, because many people would just say, it's too hard. You can't, you can't do it. I mean, who can do that? Who can lay down their life for a friend? Who can um, sacrifice what they want to do for the sake of the other? Because that's what's in the best interest of the other. This world is so much about, well, what's in it for me? What do I get? And I'll, I'll live with you as long as we're both getting something out of it. But the minute that I feel like I'm being imposed upon too much, I'll bail. I mean, that's, that's basically the cultural view of, of what marriage is. And what I, th- what I heard Scott Hahn say, and, and this is, again, this is me paraphrasing it, and, and I'd love to hear your take on it, was we don't need to short sell stuff to get people to buy into it, that we have the capacity, because God has made us that way, to see the perfection of what we are called to, and that we don't need to water that down that people might buy in. We need to instead challenge people to strive for that and trust that by ourselves we'll fail a hundred times out of a hundred, but with God's grace, we can strive towards that. We can learn how to lay down our life for the other. And I think that we do soft pedal marriage. And, Absolutely. And try, you know, and, 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 and don't say you want to live a, an alive life. You want to know what it is. Well then, Dive into giving yourself away and then taking a kid to practice will all of a sudden be something more than just taking a kid to practice. It's not getting in your way. It's your opportunity to actually live out that faith. It, 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 if you turn off the TV, TiVo's there, right? I mean, you turn off the TV if you got it. Turn off your phone or don't turn respond your, to that notification don't, when don't it comes respond across in your, Italy. your phone. You know, say, I'm here for you, child, who's asking me for help with a paper or with a math problem or something like that. Or, wife, I understand you've had a rough day. Can't, let me, why don't you go rest and I'll, I'll take care of the kids. I'll make dinner tonight. Whatever it is. And that goes both ways. But that's called living an amazing life. See, and what we're sold is, is all that stuff is meaningless. It isn't. It, it, it is exactly where we practice becoming. <laughs> I, I think I've mentioned this a long time ago, but Stephanie and I, when we first were given talks about marriage to, to, to uh, college students here, we were asked to do the communication talk frequently. And so, so we're working on this talk together. I'm typing it out and I'm talking about the communication issues we had, which involved like, you know, one of the biggest fights we ever had is because I didn't shut the, the um, shower curtain. She was mad. Okay. She didn't tell me. 
then another time it was that I didn't, you know, that, that all the shirt collars weren't pointed the same direction in the closet. Okay. She's mad. So there's all these little things. And, and my point on many of them is you never told me that was important. I didn't know. But if, if you had told me that, I'll do it. And so ever since then, I do hang things correctly. You know, I do shut the shower curtain when, when it's open. And sometimes I tease her because now she leaves it open. <laughs> ah, you're rubbing off on her. But, but, but or, the, or the little tags that, that, that have come on, a, on a, clean, a dry clean dress shirt. You know, I'm like, I always tell people, I had no idea those belong in the trash. I just put them on the counter. <laughs> and, and those are those are the source of many arguments. Typically, because she didn't say anything, and I didn't know, but I should have known that it mattered. Right. But once she said it, and I'm like going through all these examples, and I'm going, these are all stupid i mean they're little bitty things that have caused us great challenges and and we sat there together and we're like well, at least maybe god has given us those opportunities so that when the big stuff comes when when the we have these little bitty things that happen they they call us to communicate they call us to because i was like why does it matter to you which way my collars are facing in the closet why should i do that. Well, the question becomes, well, if I love you, then, and it matters that much to you, then I can, what does it take me to just flip a shirt around and put it the right way to where they're all pointed the right direction? What we came to was, is God gives you all these little bitty practices, you know, these little things that you can learn to sacrifice what I want for the sake of the other, merely because it's for the sake of the other. Not, not, not because it's a big deal, but because the other is asking me to do it. And I think that's exactly where we miss out. Because if we stand, if I'd stood on the hill of, I like my shirts to whatever way I put them on the hanger. Or I think that's stupid that you have to close the thing. You want it closed, you close it. Or it sounds like if you had hung on to, well, you never told me. Or that too. Why didn't you, you never, if you just kept sort of hammer, hitting her over the head with the point that she never communicated that to you and not letting that go so that you could move on together of, oh, well, now I'm going to communicate that to you. Oh, okay. So now I'll do it for you. I think, see, see, I think that's where when we're talking about like practically how do you do it, it's all that's living the, the grace of the sacrament. Because that, that's dying to yourself. Letting go of the, the you didn't, little you didn't tell me, that's yeah. dying to yourself because the you didn't tell me that that's what you wanted is, is your point of, um, your it's your strong point of defense that your ignorance I didn't I didn't know you know right. so how can you be mad at me right or or to or to hang on to well I think your request is stupid mm -hmm. I mean you then you you hang them you get in there and do it yourself right I do believe that God as a good coach as a good parent gives us these little small opportunities to die to ourselves to say you know what it's it's better for me to go ahead and say, well, I, I don't fully understand why it matters that much to you. I'm going to just do it. Why? Because I love you. Well, those little things add up. And, and little did we know for us, soon after that, you know, the triplets come along and then all of a sudden there's a big thing and we learned how 
we had learned at least in part had practiced on little bitty things going forward, how to die to ourselves, how to help one another, how to listen and how to say, okay, <laughs> I understand what you want and hold into myself. Maybe that seems a little bit nuts, but I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to do it. That's living out the grace of the sacrament. Right. And more and more often than not, it was me having something that Stephanie was asking me to do that I would hold on to or fight against or say that's stupid that I had to learn how to let go. Well, those are little things to let go. But you talk about big things, you know, I don't know what the big thing for you or for any other family out there. But all of those are the way I think God coaches and counsels us and says you can learn how to let go of those things for the sake of the other for no other reason than for the sake of the other. And see, when you see that, then you get to recognize that the, that what we're dealing with in marriage are these little small opportunities to actually become Christ in a small moment. Thank God. He's not asking me to get up on a cross and get nailed to a cross. All he's asking me to do is take that green little thing that I rip off from my shirt when it's clean and stick it in the trash can thank God it's not nails. Right. And the, and the higher, and it is the way we've raised our kids. And I think it, because it is, they exist because of our union. All right. The children do. So we put, and we've always said this, we will always take care of you, but our marriage, our relationship as husband and wife is priority (laughs) to y'all. That doesn't mean that we don't do all that stuff, but that's my, and we've talked about, don't talk to my wife that way as a, as a right. way of, as a way right. of articulating that there's something higher here, that relationship between you don't exist without us. And so we're owed, we're owed that respect. Um, but I think that, I think that it's really important that we remember that marriage is, something we should call people to a higher understanding, not just put it alongside of any other relationship. It is a unique relationship. It is a relationship. If you think about it, it is a relationship. How many relationships involve that are, are sacramental? I mean, are a sacrament, not sacramental or a sacrament. There is no other relationship, not, not, not that's also a human institution. I mean, that, that is how high a calling it is. And I, I, like I said, I think that we sometimes don't stress enough and call to greatness the, our kids and attempt to say, oh, well, you can get here. You know, my dad I always tell this to people and I might've said it on the show. I don't know, but on the day of our wedding, my dad was my best man. And we're at the cathedral St. John in Lafayette, Louisiana, beautiful old church. And we're sitting back with my groomsmen, my my dad, me and my groomsmen and the music is playing. And down, I can remember peeping out the door, you know, just see him. You couldn't see him from the back, but you could see him walking up. And I saw my, my grandmother and grandfather coming in and, her grand, her grandmother, and I mean all these different people coming in that we love, knowing that at the end she's there. And so I'm watching, and my dad steps 
in front of me, like about six inches from my face. And he goes, Trey, if you're not all in on this, we'll sneak out this back door and cross our way across the Sabine. We'll leave right now. I'm like, Dad, I, yeah, I mean, I'm good. I mean, it's okay. And he goes, he goes, but let me tell you something. You walk out there and you say, I do, you're in for good. There is no retreat. I will not come and get you. You and her are one until the God says you're not by your death. Are you good with that? Don't want to freak you out. Just want to tell you, if you walk out of here, don't ever come to me and say, I should have left because I'm offering you the opportunity right now. But the time to leave is now because once you say yes, it's out. So my dad at that moment mm-hmm. is emblazoned on my mind. <laughs> That which I kind of know, but he got my attention in that moment that you can get caught up in all the beauty of that, of that event, sure. the excitement of the event, and brought me down to what you're committing to here. We need more dads and moms to tell kids that's it. We need more dads and moms to, to, to say, hey, if you're getting married, you're in for good. Quitting is not an option, period. Absolutely, Yes. And calling them to that, but then also saying it's beautiful because all of a sudden the stuff that a lot of other people claim about, gripe about, you know, I can't go see my football games. I can't hunt because I got to take care of this for my, for my family. Or I can't, you know, I'm people that, that signed nuptial agreements that said, you know, I get, you know, four weekends in from November to December to hunt. You know, I, I have a friend that, that did that. My, my wife has no claim on me for those, <laughs> for those weekends. I'm like, okay, that's not the sacrament of matrimony. I mean, you're already thinking about, I'm not willing to give that up for my spouse. You're already saying that there's something that I'm not willing to lay down for you. You ain't ready to get married if you're not willing to do that. Now, again, it's no different, and I and it's it. The thing is, I love that it wasn't too long ago that you have James and John right that go and say, "Let it." Let where the mother goes and says, "Let me." Um, I want them to sit at your right hand, right, right, right let, and and Jesus says, "Are you sure that you can bear the cup, drink the cup that I?" And and what do they say? Yes, I can. What does he say? Well, you don't know what the heck you're talking about. You're an idiot. I mean, he didn't say that. He says, I can't give you what you ask, but you will drink of the cup. That's exactly, he, we respond in the beginning, not fully knowing what we're saying yes to. But as long as we have that vision that we're called to saying, that's what we're saying yes to. Now, how that plays itself out in the day to day. Did I know we were having triplets? No. Was that hard? Yes. Are we better off as a married couple because of the fact that we absolutely, maybe not financially. There's lots of ways that from the world's perspective would say, how, you know, how can you do that? Why, you know, that's not the way we look at it. I know that we learned how to give of ourselves. We learned how to lay our lives down. That was a blessing. Hard as heck. But I don't know what it is for anybody else out there, but we got to get people excited about the fact that it's the, it's the day-to-day stuff for the most part. And every once in a while, you'll have that event, whatever it is. For us, it was triplets, and I'm sure there's something else coming down the road, but it could be 
any sort of struggle that in some cases people would say, I'm out. Instead of saying yes. <laughs> That's the way the world, it gets too tough. I mean, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it in, unfortunately, in people that I know. It gets too tough and they just say, you know what? I'm done. And, and leave. It's too hard for me. Well, my dad was a high school football coach, high school lacrosse coach, and many times a season, and he he coached me. I'm leaving that out. Um, But I know that he, I heard it with my own ears to when I was his player, and I heard it when he said, when he spoke to his players before me, um, many times made that, true analogy between you quit on your teammates, you quit in this situation, you quit in the the fourth quarter or the third quarter when you're getting your butt beat and you you don't you don't try to finish strong, then you're going to quit as a husband. You're going to quit as a father. Right? And this is a this is a training ground for that higher calling that like ultimate calling of what what you're supposed to do and be. Absolutely. And and that, that, that again, all these things add up. And that was, that was, I I can't, I can only speak for myself, but, and and a few of my, my friends and, and teammates, but that was emboldening. I mean, that made, that made football have real purpose. Absolutely. And that made life have, and because that future calling was being equated to what we were going through now, that made football have 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 real purpose, and it made life have a real sense of um, like warrior right um, th- aspect to it. And, and I think that that's that is important as parents, and we've talked about it before. I've talked with Pam Marvin about doing a, sh- a show on athletics, but it could be anything that you have to discipline yourself to do. But for us in our family, it's athletics. We have to teach to our kids to say the reason that we have you involved in this is not because we want you to win. It's not even just that you might have fun, but you should have fun. But it's that you learn what it's like to be on a team, that you learn that sometimes things don't work out the way you want them to work out. Sometimes sometimes you're the cause of the problem in a team and you have to swallow your pride. Sometimes you're the hero. In all instances, we're always teaching to, hey, that's life. That's what happens when you're married and you go to a job. Sometimes you're the hero, sometimes you're the goat, but it doesn't matter. You're part of a team, and all that matters is that you take whatever happens from that and make the family better, make the team better. And if we're not teaching that and it just becomes about winning, we want to (laughs) win, but if it just becomes about winning and we don't say you got to do it the right way, you got to recognize that sometimes my role may not be where I want it to be, but I, I need to do whatever my role is to the best of my ability for the sake of the team. All of those type of things are things that you teach. I mean, as a parent, you're, sometimes your wife may be the one who whiffs on the tackle, and you got to go and make that tackle. Absolutely. And other times you're going to whiff on the tackle, and you still got to get up and go back to the huddle. And go back and play your position and 
keep going. Right. And you don't, that's, and so. And earn your spot back and keep your spot. So again, if you, there's two things your dad did there that I think are really important. One is he pointed to the fact that what you're doing is not nearly as important as what you're going to do. Yep. (laughs) That marriage is that pinnacle of that. And all these other things are, are pointing towards that. And I, I think I'm saying the same thing in those little bitty opportunities to learn from those opportunities to say, these are t- chances for me to practice dying to myself for the sake of the other small things so that when the big things come, I can do it. Well, footballs or any sport dying to myself, being humble when I do well, being willing to get back up and I still got to play the next play. I can't just walk off the field and quit. I mean, that's what, just because things went bad, I need to be able to go back out there and do the next play. Yep. And so, again, we're, we're coming up towards, towards the end, but I think these are all ways that we can learn how to respond to the grace. Sometimes the grace is in the failure. Sometimes the grace is in the small thing. But we have to say yes over and over, knowing that ultimately what it's about is becoming one. And becoming one means sometimes we have to let go of what is separating us or, or at least put it, submit it <laughs> to that relationship. That's what we need to be able to do it. We need to call our children and point to that, like your dad did, like my dad did right before I walked out there to say I do. That is the most important thing. What would a husband and wife coming together and making that commitment to one another needs to be put on the pedestal that it was meant to be put on? God has done it Himself by making it a sacrament. But I digress. <laughs> so as we as we go, memory verse. Go out. I you know I don't I don't have. Uh, I don't okay. have one. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I, that, that's that's bad bull on my part, but. Anyway, love you guys. Hey, go out there and live live out the grace of your sacrament of matrimony. And uh, pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. And he will. And he does right. God bless. 